Get your foursome together and sign up today for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at beautiful Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds go to the excuse me, Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. Welcome back. It's the big show. Austin Horton and Jeff Miller and for Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Thanks to Chris Mannix for the NBA Daily Assist last segment uh, with some really good information. Gordy Chase had joined us earlier, as did Patrick Kinahan. We're going to switch gears from the NBA, though, to the NFL. BYU had five guys drafted, seven more signed uh, undrafted free agent deals over the weekend. No one better to break it down with uh, as a league uh, for the league overall than Josh Edwards of CBS Sports. He joins us now. Hi, Josh. Welcome back to the big show. Thank you. Happy to be back. So uh, we'll ask you some specific questions about uh, BYU and their their draft takeaways. But overall, which of the 32 NFL teams won the NFL draft? Well, I really like what Denver was able to do over the course of the three days. Um, Denver, I think, added a couple of really high-impact players in the form of uh, Patrick Sertan II as well as Javante Williams. Uh, you get a really quality interior offensive lineman like Quinn Miners that could possibly be the starter there for a decade plus. So um, to get three potential starters that are that high caliber was a fantastic day. So the, the Broncos and the Jets are the two that stand out to me the most. What about uh, Zach Wilson and the New York Jets? Has you excited for the young guy? And what has you, uh, you know, scared for his NFL future? Well, what makes me excited is the fact that they went out and they surrounded him with some offensive talent, unlike what they did with Sam Darnold. Um, to get Elijah Moore at the top of the second round, to get Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round, who is probably the best interior offensive line prospect in this class, and then to get Michael Carter, who's a good speed option at, at running back, um, to get all of those guys and add them to your offense along with Corey Davis in the offseason, and then to draft Makai Becton last year, that team has some real talent on the offensive side of the ball. So that's going to enable Zach Wilson uh, to have a lot of success. Um, now the only thing that he's got to worry about is the transition because it is going to be a steep learning curve going from BYU, who uh, didn't get to face any Power 5 competition this past year because of the COVID circumstances. Um, so it's going to be a significant step up in competition because what he saw at BYU, his team was generally a lot more talented than those that he faced. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a learning curve, but I think Zach Wilson with his just natural passing qualities uh, is going to take it in stride and be a really successful quarterback as a rookie. How well do you think he holds up in New York with that media? Well, I'll, I'll say that media will take a beating on, uh, will give a beating to anybody. So it's, it's tough to say that anybody is, uh, pr- uh, you know, immune to the criticism of that New York media. But I think he'll handle it fine. I don't think that um, it's not like you know he's this country boy going into the Big Apple, uh, you know, walking into a lion's den, so to speak. I think he'll be fine. Just um, you know, with his background, with his confidence, everything, everything about him. Which of the NFL teams uh, really stubbed their toe in this draft? Who who made the moves that you uh, raised the most eyebrows at? Well, I would say it's it's probably Pittsburgh, um, just because I have a fundamental 
this uh, uh, disagreements with their approach in the first round. Um, they wanted to fix their running game. And to them, the way to do that was to get Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, uh, to supplement that unit. To me, you have to, you have to fortify your offensive line before you can worry about plugging a running back that's going to have success. Um, you lose Marquise Bouncey, their starting center in the offseason. You lose Alejandro Villanueva, starting left tackle, who, although he didn't have a great 2020, um, is still a quality player and has been very productive for them over the years. So you're losing a couple of pieces, and you already had a hole at right tackle. So um, the fact that they really did not use their early draft capital to go out and upgrade those, those positions, um, I think it's going to be really difficult for Najee Harris to go in there and have the kind of impact that maybe the front office and the fan base expect him to. Um, how do you feel about Trey Lance going to the Niners? Do you think he's going to go in there right off the bat and get the start, or do you think he's going to get a soft start and get Garoppolo out there still? It could be a soft start. I think um, there's certainly a chance that he's the week one starter, but I think of all the quarterbacks in this class, he's probably the most well-equipped to sit and, and learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the best second option that any of the teams that took a quarterback has. Um, although I don't think they're going to be able to keep him on the bench long because there's already conversations that maybe they were trying to move Jimmy Garoppolo this past weekend, which is not exactly a vote of confidence. So um, it kind of suggests that they were fine that he was not going to be on the roster for this upcoming season. And that leads me to believe that they think Trey Lance can come in and compete early. So um, Trey Lance is a guy that they identified as being this dual-threat quarterback that's going to give Kyle Shanahan a little bit of a different element to that offense that they've been lacking. Because, quite frankly, they lost two Super Bowls with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think in his mind it was probably time to shake that up a little bit. Talking NFL and NFL Draft with Josh Edwards of CBS. Follow him at EdwardsCBS on Twitter. Overall, how did how did you like the NFL draft's uh, presentation? Uh, how did you like how the the uh, different picks uh, handled their their fifteen seconds of fame? What about Roger Goodell? Did you like or dislike? Tell me overall this year's NFL draft. What did you like about it? Yeah, I'll say it was you know as close to a sense of normalcy as we've seen for the better part of a year. Um, you know, to go through what everybody went through in 2020 with COVID and um, Roger Goodell having to announce picks from his basement and then having no preseason and just just a totally unorthodox NFL offseason. So to be able to have fans in attendance, um, I know it was largely, you know, leaning heavily towards Cleveland, the, the local fans, obviously because they didn't have to travel as far. Um, most fans probably were not as comfortable traveling this year. So as much as it was local Cleveland fans, the fact that there were fans in attendance after really not seeing many in attendance at NFL games this past year, it was good to see that. It was good to get back to a sense of normalcy to um, you know, maybe inspire some confidence that things are going to be looking up over the next year. So I was excited to see that. Otherwise, I think the presentation was largely the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the way that the picks were announced, um, I would – it, it has gotten to the point, the only thing that I will say, it has gotten to the point where I think those that are making the commentary on, on television know the picks before they're being made. So they're like giving subtle hints about what's to come. And uh, I think you just kind of miss some of the casual dialogue that 
has endeared the draft to so many fans along the way. So I would like to see him get back to uh, their roots a little bit and just kind of have more of a casual dialogue as to worrying about being right with every pick. All right, and that last thing, and it may be unfair, but I'm going to ask for the Josh Edwards prediction as to what Aaron Rodgers is doing on the uh, opening kickoff at the NFL this season. Is he playing? And if so, where? Man, I keep getting asked that question, and and I have (laughs) no more of an answer than I have for any of the other ones because it really is such an interesting situation. I mean, this was presented to everybody Thursday night, the first night of the draft, and um, I kept being asked, you know, could we see an Aaron Rodgers trade? And simply put, no, not at the time, because as quickly as that situation would have to come together, uh, it was just very unlikely. So now that the draft is over, there's really no rush for any kind of a trade to come together because it's not like these teams that possibly um, give up the draft capital to Green Bay are going to be able to give them anything of substance for the coming season. So I don't think there's any rush at this point in time. Um, so I would be inclined to say that Aaron Rodgers probably starts the season in Green Bay. Hmm. Um, but with that being said, how stubborn is Aaron Rodgers going to be? Um, <laughs> you know, because by all accounts, Deshaun Watson was willing to sit out in Houston if they were not going to trade him. So I could see a similar situation in Green Bay. Um, obviously, it's a very new situation, so I think everybody's still trying to get get a feel for it. But Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if anything happened. I just think that it couldn't come together quickly enough for there to be a significant change this upcoming season. He's Josh Edwards. Follow him again on Twitter at EdwardsCBS. All the best NFL stuff you can find. Josh, we'll do this again. Thanks for helping us out. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Like I said, Josh Edwards of CBS Sports. Do you agree with uh, his, his sentiment there about Aaron Rodgers? I don't know on that one. It's at, I don't know everything I'm reading on it, and it, it just he just doesn't seem happy. I mean, when you when you I think after that field goal mishap, <laughs> we'll call it a mishap. Yeah, a bad play call last year. I mean, it's just I don't I can't see him going back. It was certainly disrespectful to. I'll tell you, kick like, the as much as like it. bad vibes are going out there and the stuff being said in the media and all this, like. I just, how do you walk back in that locker room? And then after this, all these rumors Thursday night, the Packers went out and drafted a cornerback. Yeah. That was, in my opinion, not a mistake. I don't think that they were like, well, that's the best player we thought was on the board. After last time. year drafting his replacement. Yeah, right. So it's it seems like it seems like there's enough smoke there that there's an actual fire burning that needs to be put out. And I don't know that they can do that in a way that Aaron Rodgers won't just say, yeah, I don't need football anymore. So you think the future for him is no football, not being traded? I think that he would, I think the Packers would have to get the best offer you've ever heard of in the NFL because Josh mentioned how stubborn is Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are maybe the most stubborn uh, <laughs> situation in the NFL. Move for nothing. You don't want to play? Fine, but you're, we're not going to give you the satisfaction of going somewhere else. They're going to Raja Bellum. Raja Bellin. If they don't get their uh, the offer they want. So I think that if he is not traded, I don't think he's playing next year. All but right. that's just me on May 3rd. We'll see. All right. We'll see.